Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA4 Money Show, episode 64. In this show, we will review UFC Vegas 14, RDA versus Felder. Yes, that's a fight that happened on five days' notice. And preview UFC 255, the first pay-per-view in a minute. I am Bob Boss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind on Twitter. Here with Real Mike, Mike Copenhaver, his tag at Don't Cope Just Win, and Mikey Gilman at Mikey Gills. That's Gills with a Z. Now, just with the S, that guy stopped bothering us. But now the double L with the S, apparently that's some fish fish place in North Carolina. We got a cease and desist order, but I just told him, I mean, like, North Carolina got to raise up, take your shirt off, whip it around their head like a helicopter, like whatever you're into. But uh, you also got to make sure you follow the show at MMA for Money Show. Otherwise, you're just going to miss out on gold and stuff like that. Uh, Real Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing amazing, man. Happy, stoked to be here and uh, talk with you guys about some UFC and uh, get into things. Mike Gills, how's life for you, the non fresh fry restaurateur? Oh, well, uh, you know, it, it's life's been better since uh, my fiance gave me my shoelaces back after uh, last week's DraftKings card. So <laughs> since the, after that, we've been all good. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back on the wagon. So let's go. That's absolutely. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> and and can, just in case anybody you hear it, I want to let you know if anybody is a fan of the disney animated movie mulan there's something in there it's called a lucky cricket well we have a lucky cricket and it's here with us so you know that means we're going to hit big this week so get excited man get excited <laughs> there's a fucking chimney cricket got fired over at walt disney and now he's in my studio i can't find him right now i, I have no time to get him and so i'm sorry for the little chimney cricket in the background but it is what it is <laughs> that is all good. The MMA for Money Show is here live right now on Twitch, Periscope, YouTube. Uh, if you're there in the chat, by all means, say hi, ask questions. We will hit them as best as we possibly can. Uh, you can also find the show after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Podcasts, RSS Feed. Obviously, we're live on YouTube. The following shows will be there after the fact, including little tidbits and little breakdowns and great stuff with uh, Mike Gills there on DraftKings. So give a thumbs up on that. I'm giving you a thumbs up right now. If you're watching the video, please give us a thumbs up on that. That'd be wonderful or a comment, opinion, really anything you want. If you want to write a little novella about any random subject that you find interesting, just do it in our video. That, that helps everybody. Um, uh, we're going to jump into a quick breakdown of UFC Vegas 14 RDA versus Felder. I will go through as always and just give straight results. We will jump back and uh, talk about how the odds did sorry how our bets did uh on there and then we'll also do the DraftKings breakdown so let me quick read through that obviously we're back in vegas so cancellations did happen uh first off dantel mays got a unanimous decision over rook martinez tony gravely got a split we will get back to that one because we're all a little bit contentious on that one based off of bet uh he got the split decision kanako murata got the unanimous decision Victory over Random Marcos, who's probably getting cut by the UFC after that. Luis Smoka, one of our other bets for the fight card versus Quinones got canceled after Luis Smoka 
missed weight and then had health issues later into the week. But that's okay. They rebooked it for like two months from now because obviously cutting that much weight, having issue, having health issues, and then bouncing back in two months is totally the right thing to do. Alex Moreno got the unanimous decision victory over Rice McKee, who is still like picking up his sanity back from his uh, beating to Chimaev earlier in the year. Ashley Yoder got the unanimous decision victory over Miranda Granger. Uh, Sean Strickland got KO, TKO punches in round two after he just brutalized Allen later in that second round. Antonio Arroyo, Eric Anders canceled. <laughs> Corey McKenna beat Kay Hansen, unanimous decision there. Julian Marcus, Safarov canceled. Chaos Williams just destroyed Al Hassan's soul in the first round. In the first round, Chaos reigns there. Uh, RDA gets a split. Yeah, we'll get back to that one as well. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna go through a couple quick high points in there, but first, before we do that, we're gonna hit the best and stuff for sure. Mikey Gills, can you break down how our DraftKings did before we hit some yeah. specifics? Yeah, before I do that, let me uh, let me go ahead and do this because I'm feeling a little cold right now after after that card. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no big deal. So uh, one for six this week uh, scored 311 points. Uh, you scored DraftKings like I did when I used to play. God. Yeah, my DraftKings score this week was my 15th favorite band in 11th grade. It was a rough week. It was it was not good. These COVID cards are a dick punch. Um, so we'll start off. Alex. We, we had several picks up, fall off this card. You know, that led to us needing to use fighters that we didn't like to use going into the card. I hate doing that, but it's hard to cry about it because I'm sorry, I can't wear this fucking hat. Um, <laughs> we, we had to use fighters that we didn't like, and I hate doing that, but everyone had to use the same fighters, so I can't really cry about it too much. The good news is that most people I know also had a pretty bad week. There were some upsets that nobody really saw coming, so we're not alone. Overall, the, much, the scores were much lower than they normally were across the board. So we'll start off with Brendan Allen, scored 25 and a half points. And uh, remember when I said that Allen could win this fight on the ground game? Do either of you guys remember it? Uh, I the do. Ground game? I, I, remember, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember something like that. Yeah, well, throw that out because he never tried to use it. Not once. Uh, Strickland boxes face off. Um, I yelled at my TV pretty much during the whole thing. My nieces were over decorating the Christmas tree. And now they all think I'm the Grinch. Uh, so thanks, Allen. And a little extra kick in the crotch on this one is DraftKings originally made a mistake and threw the win point, the win points onto Allen. So for about five minutes, I thought I had 30 extra points with like some significant strikes that I missed while I was on a bathroom break. Anyway, Allen sucked. Next up, Geraldo DeFridis, 43 points. Simply couldn't lock up the sub. I, I picked Gravely to win the fight outright, so I got the fight pick right. But as far as DraftKings go, I thought he was a live dog with that sub money. It just didn't work. Congrats to Gravely. Good fight. Next up. We can talk about this if you want to. I thought we had just an absolute robbery in the Kay Hampson fight. She ended up scoring uh, 58 and a half points. This was one of the three judging snafus on the night that was just awful. Uh, in my opinion, you cannot find two rounds for Corey McKenna in this fight. Again, we can talk about it if you want to. The second round was close. I saw some people score for McKenna. Uh, but still, it's just an absolute travesty of a decision. Like, close but clear is a real thing, and I have no idea what the judges saw to give McKenna two of those rounds, but I digress. Uh, next up uh, on this card of bad luck, we had Mouthpiece Gate, which robbed Reese McKee, who scored 62 points, of a chance to finish an exhausted Alex Morono midway through the third round. And look, I, I don't want to lie. I'm not trying to make something sound like it wasn't. Uh, McKee looked terrible for almost the entire fight. But in the third round, he was still firing on all cylinders. He had all of his gas in the tank. And up against the cage, he gets his mouthpiece knocked out. And it falls through the cage. Through. I've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen it in any level of MMA. I've seen, I've seen people fall out of the cage. And I guess they're wearing mouthpieces, but not quite just the mouthpiece. I don't know if John Jones was under the cage and he stole the mouthpiece, but they couldn't find it for like five minutes. 
So it gave uh, Morono a bunch of time to recover. He goes back out there and he dominates the rest of the fight. Next up, Abdul Razak Alasan. Alasan, one point. Uh, he got one time, then he got finished in less time than it took me to finish the sentence. I don't know what to say, except I'm just laughing at how much uh, fate la- hates me for saying that, specifically on the show last week, that Al-Hassan had the advantage up close and in the wild exchanges, and that's how he was going to win. It was the complete opposite. I'm so bad. Uh, next up, last, RDA, 121 points. He was our one shining bright spot, unless you count the K. Hansen uh, fight. He dominated. One of the judges, however, decided, whatever, Paul Felder gets three of the rounds on his card. No idea how that happened. You combine that with the two other major scoring snafus on this card, including the, uh, the, there was one judge who forgot who he was watching and gave the wrong rounds to the wrong fighter. I can't remember which one it was, but you throw that on top of the headbutt controversy from the boxing match the same night. It was a banner night for the Nevada state athletic commission. They have some answers to do no point in dwelling on it. We had a bad week. If you listen to the show, you know that we consistently give out much higher scoring cards than that. So I don't want to focus too much on it or I'll get super angry. So let's just move right ahead. Uh, real Mike, I need, not just a want, I need to hear your take on the Tony Gravely, Geraldo DeFredis Jr. fight. Because I watched this one after the fact and was just very confused. I knew the results for watching it and was just I kind of very confused at the result. Beyond, I know this is like a, a horrible night for judging in general, and we'll even maybe talk about that in a little bit. But real Mike, Tony Gravely versus Geraldo DeFreitas. How did we lose that bet? Well, some fucking how takedowns score more than damage, more than aggression, more than score more than anyone having a chance at a fight ending sequence. So I have no fucking clue, dude. I, it bothered me so much that takedowns scored. And, and he wasn't just taking them down and, like, passing the side control and, and trying to get the submissions, like, very often. He was literally taking them down and laying and holding them there and doing absolutely nothing. Just like my brother said Ben Askren used to do is hold and hug and praise opponents on the ground. That's exactly what he did. It, it disgusted me, man. For uh, DeFreitas Jr., yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was closer than I would have liked it. But I thought that he, if for the odds and everything, we were on the right side of that. We were so close to, you know, pulling off a submission and possibly having Tony quit. Like I was, I was basically banking on Tony quitting, and he wanted to quit so bad in that third round. He was quitting. It just didn't happen early enough, and it is what it is, though. Yeah, it was rough, and watching it after the fact, especially knowing how, because I got some text from you as it was going on, and then I looked at the results and was just kind of confused, and as I watched it, just just utterly blown away from that. Um, obviously, that was our, ended up being our only bet on the card, because as I said, the Luis smoka Quinones fight got canceled. Um, I do want to talk about the main event, that's for sure, and the judging. But actually, I'll tell you what, we will go and talk about the main event, because honestly, like the, the rest of the stuff that happened on this card, I mean, some of it's great, but this, you don't really listen to our show for a review show. We, we go over everything just to be completely upfront about how our bets and DraftKings did, and then we can go forward. But there are a few things that we do have to hit. So we're going to talk about RDA versus Felder, the fight as the whole, and then we can kind of dovetail into a little bit of judging talk before we push on to 255. So RDA gets down to 155 for the first time in a long time. I can't remember who said it on Twitter, but eight pack RDA was back. Dude was in shape. Paul Felder was in his 
I mean, you like to talk about his shape, but the mustache is really what like everyone was focusing on him. But either way, he looked like the, the best 80s action star I've ever seen. But um, he got down to weight. And then as I talked about on the show, spending all that time on triathlon, it came out after the fact that he hadn't stepped foot into an MMA gym other than like maybe hitting mitts once a couple times in the last four months. So I'm pretty proud of myself that I was on the ball for that. Um, I ended up watching this fight twice because once you see the split, you're like, okay, I'm very confused. I think at most you can give Felder a round, like a round. And I, th- I think it was one of those times where he did better than people thought. So they just gave him rounds. Like typically when people fight John Jones, if it's closer than they think it should be, they give him the round, even if they don't necessarily deserve it. I think that's kind of what happened here. The fact this was a split is utterly ridiculous. And this just kind of capped off a terrible, terrible, terrible night of judging. Um, I know you had your own issues with judging, so we can go a little bit breakdown. We can go to uh, Mike Gills, talk to me a little bit about how you're feeling about judging and how that went. And then real Mike, I want to hear your take right after his on just the, the utter ridiculousness that was judging this weekend. Uh, no, it's, it's kind of, I already sort of touched on it on the DraftKings review, but there's no excuse for what happened. There were three judging snafus on the same card. I don't know how you begin to even comprehend that. Like people have legit answering to do it, You can't go into a main event fight where with a guy like RDA former champion who is trying to get back into that picture and have a judge that can almost take that away from him on a fight that was not even a little bit close. That's insanity. Uh, it's not fair to the sport. It's not fair to the fighters. It's not fair to anybody. It's not, even, it's not fair to the fans. Like imagine, uh, you know, I'm on the DraftKings side. If, one of your most expensive plays, I think last week he was either eighty-eight or eighty-nine hundred dollars. If you use that and ended up losing a decision because there was one more bad judge, you just can't have that. I don't, it's disgusting to me. What do you think, uh, Mike? Yeah, I'm, I agree with you uh, completely. I mean, to think that Felder one had a, a one judge had Felder at all, like win anything, either nothing to me. He won. He won nothing. He won. He won basically his paycheck for the the round fight that he fought, and that's about it. It was a gift for him, and he's a great fighter, and he's a stud and a savage, you know, for stepping in on short notice. But like we said, RDA was going to be too much. And it ended up being way too, uh, too much on the ground. I thought RDA would possibly get a finish, and uh, you know, uh, Felder's just tough as nails. And it just, uh, you know, but it just these judges are absolutely terrible. They should be fired and either or uh, slandered online to the point where they are accountable for their actions, or they give an apology or a statement for the reason why they came up with these crazy scorecards. But we all know it's just because someone paid a hefty, hefty price for that sway. Real quick, Bob. Uh, I don't know. Are you about to get into it, or did, or were you even going to mention your your Twitter poll from earlier about judging? I was going to get into it, but I needed to double check. I need to pull that up because I I did it half heartedly as a joke, but it got more traction than most polls that I do. Yeah. And um, uh, so this one, I did a. Okay, this is what I get the first time in like months. I do more than one poll. Okay, there we go. Uh, no, no, it's now fine. Now I feel it's bad. Fine. No, I don't feel bad at all. I just, I thought I had it right away, but I did another one about social media. So this one, we're going back to actually MMA. And I was just, because I was actually legitimately curious because I went back on a few of the fights I hadn't seen yet. Because for most of you that don't know, I watch almost all the fights after the fact. I've said, who can score an MMA fight better? A ringside judge, a random person on the street, or just the UFC Twitter collective. I want to break down to these numbers. Okay, so of the, I think there was 33 votes. So not an utterly crazy amount, but... Enough that this is pretty hilarious. So of the 33 people, it goes down to percentage-wise. So 
60.6% thought that the UFC Twitter collective could pick a, a fight, which I, I don't know. I kind of see that. I mean, obviously, if you get too many fans, they might sway that. Uh, the second place at 33.3% is a random person on the street. Like if you just told them <laughs> that, hey, damage wins fights or who looks like they won, 33.3% would probably get it. And this, in terms of the people that win this And then of ringside judges, they got a phenomenal 6.1%. Yeah, so the, likely the hood of that, <laughs> one person, one person voted for that. <laughs> of the 33, one yeah. person thought it was probably like Saul Diamato saw it and was like, that's me. It's pretty bad that the American Idol judges get it better than these guys. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that is a bit ridiculous. Well, okay, I'll tell you what. So we didn't win any money last week, so I apologize in terms of MMA. But one thing I do want to give you a breakdown on, on is something ridiculous that I, we don't always bring up in the show, but especially when we have, there's a week like this, we have to. So for those of you who look at the show, it's the MMA for money show and for know about the website, the MMA for money.com website, where you can also get other things other than just MMA knowledge. So Mr. Prime time himself, Mr. MMA for money did his packages on the different sports. This is how ridiculous this did. So this is like in a calendar week starting from like from Sunday to Sunday. Okay. So this is the breakdown. Listen to this. So Sunday he cashed on Chase Elliott in NASCAR plus 55 times two Sunday on NFL. He went three and O on teasers and one, four units Monday went three and O on Monday night football, got three units Thursday went three and O on Thursday night football, won three units. Thursday, he gave out a master's play on Dustin Johnson at plus 850 and one and a half units on that, that one. Then on Saturday, had a Canadian football teaser that won two units. And then Sunday football lost two units. But you add all of that up. And in a calendar week, calendar week, won 25 units. <laughs> That's so Jesus. gangster, man. That's, dude, that is utterly ridiculous. And like for anyone who doubts this, we get these texts as the week goes on. I could scroll through my text and show you as I got them on the day and then just going win after win after win after win. It's utterly shocking. Like there, There's very few times that over the course of a season, you're not winning money and winning a lot of money. So if you have any interest in those packages, they're on the website, MMA4Money.com. You could choose if you want to do all sports or just individual sports. Obviously, some sports are starting to come to an end with a lot of playoffs happening, but we still have football going, still have golf going, still have NASCAR going, and obviously, we'll handle the MMA. We'll do better next time. I promise. We always bounce back. We always do. But he more than covered our loss for you guys. So if you want to make some serious money, you should really look into that. So that is our silver lining on our botched bet. But as like me and Mike were talking going into the fight once the – um, smoke if I got canceled. It's like very rarely are we like allowed to have two bets go into a Vegas card. It's almost exclusively Vegas cards. At least one of the ones we pick gets canceled. So here's hoping yeah. that doesn't it's happen so, this week. It's so annoying for Bob and I to, to get in the groove, but like MMA for money is absolutely ridiculous. That's mm-hmm. that's the reason why I started following them. And uh, in the beginning, it was I'd see him on uh, Twitter posting his NASCAR picks, and I'd, I'd just like, oh, I'll, I'll remember those three, and almost fucking. Two of three times that he'd post his picks, he would win the NASCAR race and clear like eight plus units. And then I was like, "Oh, I got to be friends with this dude." And he ended up being real close, to the, uh, cool with my with my brother and stuff. And so we ended up just clicking. He taught me a lot about cryptocurrency and uh, introduced me to a bunch of good guys. So 
uh, it's a tremendous community that uh, MMA for Money introduces you to. So it's nothing like just another sports better tout. Uh, you know, MMA for Money is a family, and all of us uh, are family, and, and that's why we all love each other and love doing the show. So basically, if you want to win money and are going to pay someone four picks, he's the most proven I've seen just in the collective of being on Twitter for, I don't know, probably like a decade at this point. He's really the only one that's been consistently winning even as far back as I've been following him. So if you want to give money to somebody, please give it to him. It goes for a good cause. You might not believe that, but it, it actually does. So we are going to jump into UFC 255, Figueredo versus Perez. I don't care who says it. This is pay-per-view quality. Uh, I know I'm maybe not the biggest star power, but like it's it's a good card. It's a little bit tricky uh, in terms of bets, and we'll get into that because there's some huge, huge favorites. Some rightfully so, others not. Now, while we were going through the show, uh, the review portion, I had to do some editing because since a couple fights have changed around, they've completely revamped the fight order. So I apologize to both of you guys. I sent you the the notes with the order. They go, went ahead and changed it all. So it's not 100% Sweet. different, but it's different enough. So it more just changed the first like the first like five fights kind of got jumbled around. But I think it's they wanted to get Buckley a little bit higher on the card because they're really pushing him. And they wanted to knock a couple people further down and all that. Just, we'll get into it. The, the very first fight on the card, we got Lewis Koski. If I'm pronouncing that right, I apologize again. Minus 410 versus Shasha, Sasha, Palatnikov, plus 330. I'm going to go with real Mike for this one first, and we'll do our best, or I will personally do my best to go every other, although as you know from watching this show, that doesn't always happen, but that's what we try to do. So real Mike, Koski versus Palatnikov. Yeah, on this specific fight, I I actually think it's a it's a little bit of a shit show between two fighters uh, who you know I, both of them to me aren't good that good at all. I, I they're never gonna make it a top fifteen, not even close. Never gonna get to it, but they're here, so it is what it is. Kolsky, I think is gonna win the fight. Cool. Oh, he's negative four hundred. Good job, real Mike. You're fucking genius. Uh, no, <laughs> the dude, the other dude. Both these guys have fought pretty much nobody. You know, uh, you know. Koski's got a guy on his record. He's fought eight was that was eighteen and forty fucking two at one point. Eighteen Dude, and forty two experience. That's a lot of experience. It's a lot of experience at getting your ass whooped. And so the fact that like that's one of his like the accolades that he's done, it, it, it disgusts me, you know. And then the other dude is is even more disgusting, you know. Like I I, I don't even know where to go, you know. Um, he won his last fight. The guy was three and four. Cool, dude. Sounds like me and Mikey Gills could step in there and whoop that guy's ass. I don't know. You know, it, these guys are bullshit show. Koski probably win. I wouldn't bet on this ever. Don't put your money on it. Don't you fucking ever. Don't listen to the show if you do it. <laughs> um, all right. I guess to me, <laughs> me that uh, Louis Koski, 7-0, five knockouts, two subs, $9,300 on DraftKings. So if you are going to bet on him, it's going to cost you some money. Uh, he's making his UFC debut after his Dana White's Contender Series win in August. Comes from a fighting family. He has a brother who was also who also fights and was uh, he won on the contender series as well. Supposed to be in this car, but had to pull out. Um, his questionable opponents. That is extremely true, but he has finished every single one of them. So you guys know my rule about that. We talked about it, uh, you know. But with that being said, when I watch him fight, though, he does look like he's kind. Of, he, he could be the real deal. He passes the eye test when I see him fight, and uh, that part of it I can't ignore. So like, not every fighter with an inflated record passes the eye test. But he absolutely did, at least in the fights that I've seen, going up against Sasha Plotnikov, 
Five and two, two knockouts, three decisions. Went off for $6,900 on drafting. Also making his UFC debut last fall at the end of September against the three and four fighter, uh, Paulo Henrique. Um, not impressed at all by this guy's record. Uh, sort of the same. He's beaten a bunch of guys with a few fights, and he lost to a seven and one guy. He does seem to be pretty well-rounded. I can only find a couple of his fights, but he looked fine on the feet. Uh, he had good boxing, but he, he did try to get every fight that I saw to the ground. Didn't look bad once he got there. For me, the pick's Koski. He's been steamrolling everyone he's faced, and he's doing it in a scary way. And, you know, we just talked about it, but you know my rule by now. It's, it's the college football rule. It applies to MMA, and it's as long as you're steamrolling bad competition, I can't hold it against you. Koski for the win. I'd be shocked if he doesn't get the salvage. Um, with Prince resounding with these are the two guys, I don't see how you could bet this. I mean, technically, if you're feeling super froggy, you could go Koski in round one. Um, that prop isn't out yet. I checked just to give you guys those odds. Those aren't out yet, just inside the distance type stuff. But even that, you're not really getting that good of odds here. Um, I do think the UFC is kind of setting up Koski to look good. Obviously, he looks really good on contenders. So he's kind of one of Dana White's little projects. So they're bringing in a guy that's going to also come after him in the first round. And Koski's <clears throat> Mr. One-Round Fighter. So you got a guy that's going to throw versus a guy that's good at finishing in the first round. I know, picks Koski, not to like... Obviously, that's not news to anyone. He's minus 410 for a reason. I think he's going to go there unless he literally just like runs into a punch or exhausts himself by nearly finishing Sasha. So Sasha can pull it off. Kudos, Sasha. (laughs) Next (laughs) up, we have... See, that's why we need to decide on this because this is going to be... And they're not fighting on the same card, but typically me and Real Mike have a rule... Actually, it's my rule, but it's like it's transversed everything. It's like within, within MMA, you can't have two good siblings. You just, you just can't. So there's always going to be a lesser and a greater. You, can, you cannot name it's me called, a sibling. There, it's the Jason one. Guida rule. Yeah, well, is- well, we got fooled for a second for the first time ever recently when mm-hmm. Herbert Burns came in hot for a yeah. second. Me and Bob, yeah. we we so were like, oh my, oh my no, God, no. is it? Is, he, was is shell game. he was doing a shell Shevchenko game. light theory not going to play in the factor, but yeah. sure as shit, Shevchenko came life came back fucking sure as shit. So listen to Bob. No, Mike, you were just talking about Burns. That was the first card I ever did for the show. That was me and you. That was our episode. Oh, nice! Even better. Yeah, that, so, that yeah, perfect. Yeah, see, that's called, yeah, that's called THC. It's called THC, folks. You know, it helps, <laughs> but it, it helps, but it doesn't. You know what I mean? I work hard. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Well, that's the hard part because you go you go far enough back and you even go like Jim versus Dan Miller. It's Dan wasn't as good as Jim. I mean, he was okay. Right? Okay, middle. He was an okay middleweight, but he never really did much. And you could pretty much like Matthew's brother, Mark Hughes didn't quite have the same longevity in the UFC. He fought like once or twice. And I mean, it pretty, it holds true just pretty much all the way throughout. And I hate to say it. I think Kyle might be the lesser than we'll find out, but Kyle Dawkins here at minus three ten versus Dustin Stolzfus (laughs) plus two fifty five. Mikey Gills. Am I right? Or am I wrong? On well, you Doc's brother, is he the light version, or is he look, like the like the is he is he Coors or is he Coors Light? Look, you know, you know me. I I'm Chris Dawkins's biggest fan. I might have been his first fan. I was on him from his debut in the UFC. I bet him as an underdog. He cashed with a knockout. Bet him again the second time. Cashed again as a dog with another knockout. So for me, I'm I I I'll just say this: Kyle Dawkins hasn't been as nice to me. I'll just throw that out there. But we'll we'll throw all that out for right now because we're going. To, 
Talking about Kyle Dawkins, nine and one with eight subs, one decision, going on for $8,800 on DraftKings. We just talked about the controversy with his family. Thanksgiving could be a little awkward this year. We have no idea. Hopefully, one of them uses an excuse not to come because of COVID. Maybe they can avoid it. Anyway, uh, he lost the first fight of his career in his last outing. He dropped the decision to Brendan Allen. That, that feels like a fight we might see again down the line. Both of these guys could be names in the division going forward. Uh, stylistically, he's a grappler first, and to put a point on it, he is an animal on the ground. Uh, it's it's pretty much it, it's the last place you ever want to end up with him if you're uh, if you're one of his opponents. Speaking of his opponents, we're talking about Dustin Stoltfus. Two knockouts, five subs, going over $7,400 on DraftKings. He's making his UFC debut after winning on Dana White's Contender Series back in August. He's won his last 10 straight, dating all the way back to 2015. And you watch his tape. He's got some good grappling, but I don't see anything that makes me think he can really hang with somebody like Dawkins on the ground. Uh, it, just, it just feels like a battle of strengths. And when you stack the two up against each other, Dawkins just seems like the superior guy. On the feet, we know Dawkins isn't really that bad either. We saw it in his, uh, the fight against Allen. But yeah, – I. I don't know. I just I don't really see Stolf as having enough power or mobility to keep Dawkins off of him. And for eighty eight hundred dollars on DraftKings, I like Dawkins as a play, and I think he's gonna get I think he's gonna get the finish. But at worst, we're gonna see like a dominant decision from him. And his style does tend to lead uh, some points. So for eighty eight hundred dollars, I would recommend him. Yeah, on this fight, uh, I was going back and forth uh, trying to find the, the the silver lining in Dustin Stolchik. And, uh, the, you know, don't get me wrong, a BJJ purple belt, uh, you know, he's a he's a decently big dude, but not as big as Dawkins is going to be. But he's got terrible striking. I mean, the, the guy, he, he literally has nothing, nothing to offer. He doesn't have any good, any very good combos. He's more of a just a one punch pony type of dude and I, and not even with power. So I, I don't really like him at all. I think Kyle Dawkins has enough experience now, uh, BJJ black belt, uh, you know, two belts superior to, uh, Dustin Stokes, who, uh, that's what he loves. He thinks he's got really good wrestling and, and he won, I think, believe he won his last fight and the guy got injured with his arm when he took the guy down, but it was a, it was a total fluke. It was nothing, nothing deserved. I've seen a lot of wrestling matches where people fucking double leg, single leg people and slam them on their fucking neck and head and fuck them up real bad. That dude was so fucking lucky flailing like a, one of my chickens back in my backyard when in the morning when he's trying to lay an egg. That fool was so soft, he fucking got his arm all flimsy and got it hurt. Well, this ain't going to happen with uh, Dawkins. Kyle Dawkins, I believe, is going to whoop this kid's ass. That's just my opinion, and we'll see how it goes. Sorry, something was glitching. We're back, we're back, we're back. Um, I'm on the opposite side. I have no bet on this as of now, but just simply, I don't, I think that, um, again, these names, I'm just go with Dustin. <laughs> I think Dustin, <laughs> yeah, I think Dustin has just good enough uh, of a ground game to defend, and I do think he has good enough wrestling to keep it on the feet. Yes, Kyle is getting better on the feet, but obviously it's not his preferred. He wants to go for that rear naked choke. He wants to go for that Darce. Those are his weapons of choice, and I just don't think he's going to be able to get to that point. So just in terms of like a dog being plus 255, I might be trying to find something in there for like a decision, maybe just like a small little prop, just like kind of like a fun play. And then there'll be a personal one. Obviously. That's that, that's not on the show, but I do think it's closer than the odds indicate, especially if Kyle can't get it to the ground the way he wants to. And I just don't think that's going to happen here. So my pick is Dustin Stoltz fits. Fuss. There's, there's a lot of letters. This is, a, this is a rare time where Bob and I disagree. We're talking about, it's probably like one of 20. That's true. It's true. That's why it's like, I'm just going to sit back and, just no. go with this one, but I don't know. The, the, this one I'm not as confident on as past ones where I've differed, but I'm going to go with it. Sure, we can go with it. Okay, so on the See, next that, one. 
Go ahead. Well, that, I was going to say that's good for the show. Like, because if you're watching the show, you're like, oh, so they don't actually talk about these before. Like, because we, we bring that up from time to time. So it's good no, no, when yeah, people see that happen live. <laughs> the closest <laughs> we get to talking about them beforehand is within the maybe hour before the show starts, or occasionally yeah. me and Mike text earlier in the day for like just a pick, just so I know. Because back when we used to do the show, we wouldn't do the whole fight card. We would just do quick picks and then breakdowns on the main card. And then if we had a bet on something else, so I would need to know yeah. if we were going to break down a fight that he had a bet on that was on the undercard and vice versa. So we just do it that way. So yes, this is very like, other than the fact that there's show notes and there's some information and there's a broad outline of whatever, this is all the most live experience you're going to get of just stuff going on. So you're <laughs> welcome. 99% of said jokes also are just on the match. Dude, acapella, baby. We don't need, we don't need anything. Just do it. Does the like cricket we, count as music? Because that's not acapella. I think so. That's that's lulling me. That's just <laughs> Jim, 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 I got a really bad temper problem. Everybody knows this Copenhagen problem. Okay. What? I wanna what? go over there and absolutely smash this cricket to absolute death, but I'm trying to keep it cool here. Try to chat in the chat here with my friends, trying to keep it professional here with my other friends. But you know, it's really hard. Ugh. Sorry. I'm looking a little bit too much at the chat. It wasn't working for me, and I'm trying to get it open to participate. Because for those of you who are in the chat, we're doing our best to try to incorporate you into the show, talk to you here, bring up questions you may have. And it just, stuff wasn't loading for me. So it's okay. I'll trust everybody else to kind of pick up my personal slack. So pick an, speak, speaking of picking up slack, and by slack, I mean injured limbs that had to re, get re-sewn back on. Alan Jobon's finally back after countless injuries to his knee, hand, pretty much you name it, over the last 20 months. He's a minus 145 favorite against Jared Gooden, plus 125. Real Mike, Joban versus Gooden. The good model. Yeah, this, this fight's uh, really weird to me, man. Uh, the, you know, Jared Gooden is a BJJ brown belt, and Alan Joban is a 10th planet BJJ black belt. And so uh, my loyalty, you know, I used to train over at 10th planet before this COVID thing, you know, shut down everything over here in Nazi California. So we basically can't do anything but uh, barely see our friends. So uh, either way, 10th planet jiu-jitsu, Alan Joban, uh, I think that it, his jiu-jitsu and his experience is just going gonna, gonna to get the best of uh, Gooden. I wouldn't bet on this fight, so don't don't you know go and bet your bankroll. Uh, Joe Ban has other things going on. I don't see him as a full time fighter, so that could end up hurting him uh, tremendously. So, but I think that the BJJ uh, cancels out the Jared Gooden's BJJ absolutely, and then they're just going to end up maybe striking and then striking Joe Ban's actually not that bad. So, yeah, no, I'll start start off. Uh, keep going with Joe Ban. 16 and 7, 10 knockouts, one sub, going for $8,300 on DraftKings. Uh, he's 38 years old, but he did just sign a new five fight deal. He is not done yet. That is definitely something worth noting. Uh, he has lost three of his last four, uh, with uh, his last two wins coming up against Ben, uh, Ben Saunders and Mike Perry. But in his last fight, uh, I personally thought he won. Um, he chased the guy around the cage for 15 minutes, and the judges gave it to the other guy. We just talked about judges, don't need to do that again. Um, you know, he, he's nearing the end. He's 38 years old, like we said, but he, physically he's still in great shape. He's a creative striker. He's got good speed, good power, works well from distance up close, got nasty elbows up against the cage. It's really all about his health after the injury and the layoff. He tore his ACL. He had a problem with his hand and he hasn't fought in over a year and a half. But, you know, he, when healthy, this guy is still, even at his age, a very good athlete. Going up against Jared Gooden, 17-4, seven knockouts, seven subs, going on for $7,900 on DraftKings. 
He's making his UFC debut. He's won his last three in a row all by stoppage. But we were talking earlier about fluffy records. This guy has got all the fluff on his record. Uh, of the last three wins that we just talked about in, that he had in a row, the combined records of that guy were 15 and 18. And something to worry about is that three of his losses have come to the few of the fighters he's faced with any kind of good record. As recently as last year, he is getting annihilated by multiple guys with just seven wins on their record. Like this guy, there's a lot of red flags with him. He's getting blown out by guys that couldn't win on the contender series. Even in the wins he has uh, against guys with good records, they have entirely padded records themselves. I just don't trust this guy. I haven't been impressed with Gooden at all from what I've seen. Like he's very slow on the feet. He has power. And if you stand there and you let him hit you, he can hurt you, but it's not crazy power. I don't, you talk about his, his uh, brown belt or whatever. I don't, I don't see anything special with his grappling at all. Like he's supposed to be a brown belt. I've watched entire fights with this guy where he just lays on his back and offers absolutely nothing. I, I cannot help that somebody gave the guy a colored belt that was brown, bro. I got, well, I got, I mean, I got some brown belts in my closet, but they're definitely not from jujitsu. No, he, well, he ended up, uh, he, he got beat by a guy in a three round fight. Uh, he ended up training with the guy. I believe that guy's actually his corner man now, but literally for 15 straight minutes, the guy just took him down. And if he's a brown belt, I mean, my God, give it, give it back. Cause he, he literally offered nothing, but you know, getting back to Jabon real quick, like, you know, if he's healthy and he's able to compete at that level that we saw him at last time, like I really do expect Jabon to be able to win this fight and pretty easily. I mean, from what I'm looking at, he seems to be better everywhere. He's got that veteran experience. So if those injuries and, whatever aren't that bad for him $8,300 seems like a steal to me and I would definitely play him on DraftKings no my biggest thing I'm pretty much lockstep in line here with Joe Bon I the injuries are scaring me off because normally Joe Bon fighting someone like this at this price is like a must bet but those injuries in there and his age like I believe he's turning 38 at the end of this month so he's just he's pushing it um he was a longtime Muay Thai like coach at like a gym, not like a gym gym, but at like a fitness gym. <laughs> and obviously has uh, the belt in Tenth Plant Jiu-Jitsu. Dude is an athlete and is, he's very clinical uh, in the clinch and with his Muay Thai. And in the clinch, uh, I, he has this fight. And I just think he's a, he's a more disciplined volume striker. And anyone who's listened to the show for long periods of time know that I love me a disciplined volume striker who could actually throw in combination and Jabon actually can. Um, and like, like he's uh, Mike Gill said about previous fights, like he will go after you if he needs to, but in a smart way for the most part, uh, he's got a decent chin on him, can take damage, but also has pretty good defense. So really the biggest thing that's keeping me away from a bet on this one is the injuries and the layoff. It's like just, just too many X factors and like not sure about what his training scenario is. Like it'd be one thing if he was training consistently and then like lockdown happens and stuff like that. And he could just kind of maintain and work through that. Like dude's been fighting back from injuries during all of this. So I'll pick his Joe Bon, but I don't no bet here, but if he was plus money, I would have to, but yeah, it's too long, too long from any type of anything really. Next up, we have Nicholas Dalby. Two plus 260 versus Daniel Rodriguez, minus 320. Now, this will be our first bet on the fight card. But you know what? No, I'm not going to give it to the guy that's actually doing the bet first. No, I'm going to follow this order that I created for no <laughs> reason other than the fact that it changes things up. So, Mikey <laughs> Dalby versus Rodriguez. All right, well, I hope I don't anger whatever the better uh, is picking. So we're going to start off with uh, Nicholas Dalby, 18-4-1, six knockouts, four subs, going off for $7,100 on DraftKings. 
I lost my first round near naked choke back in July, but won four out of five before that, including a no contest where he took and delivered a brutal beating in Cage Warriors, where the ref deemed neither, neither fighter able to continue. There was blood everywhere. It was disgusting. Um, really exciting style. He comes forward, throws down. I can only assume that in his living room, he has like a big oil painting of like Max Holloway just pointing at the ground. I don't know. He, like he's, he's that type of guy when he fights. Uh, going up against Danny Rodriguez, uh, 13 and one, seven knockouts, four subs, $9,100. Another super fun fighter that will throw down with anybody. Like he will, he does not shy away from a firefight. I was joking around with somebody on Twitter that it's going to be like Bane versus Batman, where he's just like, "Oh, you merely adopted the darkness. <laughs> I was born into it, molded by it. I didn't see a decision until I was already a man." <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I've ever said on the show. I'm sorry. Anyway, no, that was um, epic. Three and zero in the UFC. Uh, it, it was funnier on Twitter. Twitter, I swear. Three and zero in the UFC. He's won his last nine in a row since his only career loss back in 2017. He's finished uh, eleven of his thirteen wins. And I just, as far as strengths, I, I just think he's a more technical brawler when they start getting into it than I've seen from Dolby. Throws some more power as well. I mean, this fight should be fun. I'm gonna pick Danny Rodriguez because when you watch them, everything he does just smoother, faster, more powerful. I just feel like Dal- Dalby is the Kmart version of Rodriguez. Uh, this should be a great play on DraftKings. Oh, man. So I'm feeling something bad coming back at me. I can feel it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I like Rodriguez to score big at 9,100. What what's going on? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and I'm going to ring more of it. Hey, let me tell you, the only thing good I'm going to say about Dolby is that he's got a BJJ brown belt, and that's about it. But since we're on a Walt Disney thing, uh, Pinocchio is my name for Dolby, all right? He likes to show damage, and and when I mean damage, when he gets hit, he shows damage all over his white, pale skin, meaning it's red. It's very visible for the judges to see. It sways uh, their opinion, and I don't even think they're going to need that because Daniel Rodriguez, he's the type of dude that if you saw him in an alley, and he looked at you and you got fucking and you guys had to get it on that dude's fucking you up bad dude and so i rarely i mean sometimes we rarely get these chances where i think you get to drop them these drop them in the alley theory this is my drop them in the alley theory and that's when i take two guys and it's guys like dolby and we got rodriguez you drop them in an alley at 10 p.m and at, at when we're at a bar and tell me who's fucking coming out of there. And I guarantee you Rodriguez is fucking Pinocchio up all day. And I am not lying. So the nose ain't growing on Pinocchio. So Daniel Rodriguez is absolutely going to smash this dude. He trains with savages like Nick Diaz, Joe Schilling, uh, Cowboy. Uh, and so he goes around all over just being an absolute savage. He has mostly knockouts on his wins, and that's what he's absolutely going to do. He's going to absolutely batter Dolby. Dolby loves to be hit. He loves to come forward, like Mikey said, and it's going to be an absolute detriment detriment to him. The fact that he likes to be the hammer, and he is not going to be the hammer against Daniel Rodriguez, the little Thor that I'm going to call this weekend. He's going to smash him. We're going to be putting down with a negative 110, Bob. Yeah, for inside the distance. So 1.1 units on Daniel Rodriguez to finish Dolby, Pinocchio Boy, and get you guys that money. I'm gonna... Surprise, surprise. I quote a lot of sentiments here. Obviously, we agree on a lot of stuff, but we do have Discord. No pun intended. That, that That's for an inner show pun right there. Anyone in the show right now understands why that was funny. Everyone else is very confused why I paused just now. <laughs> Dolby is held together by just straight duct tape. Dude has taken so many damage in every fight he's gone out. And you saw hints of that in the last fight when Jesse Ronson, Jesse Ronson, like 
just hit him with a shot that didn't seem like much and dude just collapsed he can't take the damage he used to do and who's going to be coming full steam ahead with said damage is daniel rodriguez uh literally dolby's only chance if Rodriguez gets so tired beating him up over two rounds that Dolby comes back. And I, but I don't think he can take that kind of damage. It's going to be kind of a recurring theme on a couple of the fighters that are on this fight card. Like, I, I don't think he can take that damage. So I'm 100% with uh, Mike here, real Mike, that this is going to go, it's going to end with Rodriguez doing some unspeakable things to Dolby. Um, yeah. And, you know, and the reason we, we have a weird card here, a lot of the guys that Bob and I like a lot are favored negative 300. Uh, so it's it's just not worth it. Rodriguez and Devinson Figueredo, I love them a ton. I think they're going to win absolutely. I was going to give out a parlay for them too, and that'd be my possible bet. But I don't really like giving out parlays, and I also don't like giving out main events because Bob and I, we do much better when we don't. So I try to stay off that wing. But on this one, uh, Rodriguez is just far superior. The evil animal, he would absolutely eat Dolby in a superior soul-eating war. Now, in the main event, I'm not jumping to the main event. I'm just doing an example here. In, the ma- in that well, co-main event, you have like Valentina Shevchenko, one of the best possible fighters you could possibly have. And over here on the prelims, you have some Chevy Light. And Antonina Shevchenko. Bob should get get credits for that because I believe he's the first person who ever, ever said that. Chevy Light. I'm going to go with that. I need need someone, if anyone's listening to this and has any type of computer graphic skills, can you please take a Miller Light can, keep the L-I-T-E, and then just change the Miller into Chevy. S-H-E-V-Y. I will send positive (laughs) vibes as payment. Um, Antonina Shevchenko, minus 55 versus Ariana Lipsky. Plus one thirty-five. Real Mike, Mike, how you feeling about Chevy Light versus the Lippy one? Oh man, this is this is another one of those like uh, you know, women's MMA, man. I mean, and not the good type. Uh, Shevchenko Light. I mean, what do you say? I mean, she's lucky enough to have such a beautiful sister and such a savage and ninja warrior that she is. So. Uh, the only thing that makes me lean Shevchenko light is the fact that she gets to train with uh, her sister all the time and it's constant. So that that's the only little bit of lean that I would ever, ever lean towards Shevchenko light. Or she's would, the punching bag. Yeah. And uh, like Lipsky, 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 Lipsky should she should be in like uh, some kind of porn modeling or like, you know, on free ones, or I don't even know, like on porn hub or red tube or something amazing like that, where I could tune in every day on a subscription or something like that. I would pay for that, but no, an MMA, she's not meant for this. I don't, I don't believe so. Um, but neither of these girls are, are world-class. They don't belong in the UFC. In my opinion, uh, Shevchenko lights being, uh, you know, held on by the, 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 the feather strings of her sister and uh but i i think the shevchenko lights just barely enough to get it done all right now let's uh keep the flow going with shevchenko light i love that name i'm gonna get a t-shirt made anyway uh she's eight and two two knockouts one sub going off for eighty four hundred dollars on DraftKings. she's lost two of her last three two and two overall since entering the ufc she's 35 years old uh not getting any better not getting any younger stylistically she's going to want to keep this fight standing she's going to want to use her height and her reach keep her opponent away and avoid get taken down um, she has the clear advantage on the feet, really, uh, just from like a technical perspective when you watch these two. 
Uh, we'll get to the other one in a second, but she, she's not a fish out of water on the ground, but it's definitely not where she's going to want to be on this fight. Going up against Ariana Lipsky, 13 and five, eight knockouts, three subs, going over $7,800 on DraftKings. Also two and two since joining the UFC. The difference being that she's won her last two and she was throwing some really tough fights right out of the gate after coming into the UFC as the KSW champion. Stylistically, she does have pretty decent stand-up, but she throws a lot of wide hooks. And it's, it's not the most technical, but she's busy and she has power. She's super aggressive and she throws from all angles, a bunch of kicks. She's just constantly going to be on you. Um, the problem with her style is when she's doing that, she's leaving herself wide open to get tagged. Um, it, when it comes to her ground game, pretty good from what we've seen. We've seen in recent fights and in some of her previous KSW fights, she can take people down, have some, set, some success, you know, pounding them out from the top or submitting you from the bottom. But when I'm making this pick, I can't get the image of Caitlin Chikagian holding down Antonina Shevchenko. And that's a tough loss to explain to someone who is a not known for, or it was primarily known for their striking and B is not that good. I mean, we talk about Chikagian and yeah. then I think about the loss to Roxanne Matafari and like Lipsky's a, she's a solid enough grappler. And if she doesn't get caught and get cracked too hard in those wild exchanges, we were talking about, I think she can make this ugly and maybe even finish at some point. But, I mean, even if she can't, she is busy enough and she's powerful enough on the feet to at least land enough to score points and just have, like, a good a good floor on DraftKings. So what, when I'm making this pick, I am leaning Lipsky. And at $7,800, you know, I, I think there's worse underdogs you could play on this card. I like Lipsky for a high floor and a chance at a win. So how about you, Bo? Well, Chevy Light here, I mean, I know she... Like on the on the regular wakes up from nightmares of just the utter dominance that Roxanne Matafari had over her. <laughs> Sorry, I like to bring up that one because that was one of the ones that I called for Roxanne Matafari, one of the few ones. Um, she's the better clinical striker. She, she is. Kudos on that. Um, I do think in general she's better than Lipsky, but like you said, it's like there's just. There's something not there. Um, as much as she's trained everything and has trained with her sister, she stuck in the kickboxing world so much longer than her sister did. And again, friendly reminder to everybody that always forgets. And Tanita is the older sister. She's not the younger. She's not learning from her older sister. She stuck in kickboxing for so much longer while... Um, her sister Valentina was kind of going back and forth and ebbing back and forth and learning both things and focusing on the grappling and starting to learn some wrestling. And, but even um, Valentina, like her, her wrestling isn't amazing. Like you'd be surprised. Sometimes you're surprised when she can get taken down, especially earlier in her career and then end up transitioning it into something. And it doesn't really have that. So I don't know. I can't trust Antonita at all. I mean, obviously she's in training camp with her sister going into this, but, you kind of get the feeling that she's second fiddle, which is a bit rough, but hey, it happens. So, um, God, I don't want to go Lipsky. I really don't. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go Chevy Light. I have to do it. Just I, I, I do. I think Lipsky is not good. At least, um, basically, Anton, Antonina is. She doesn't have the intangibles, but she has like the framework. So I'm going to trust the framework. And I mean, let's just have the tangibles either. So I don't know. It's it's not going to be super entertaining, but there it is. The only framework from Lipsky is that butt, dude. That's the only framework that I'd be trusting. <laughs> End of story. Next. Well, 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 there you go. Um, 
Next up, I'm just going to give you the actual fight and not the odds because mid-show, my mouse died, so I have to get a cord for that. But I can give you the fight. I know the fight off the top of my head. The odds are shrunk down now, but it is Joaquin Buckley or Joaquin, however you want to go with that, who has just utterly taken the Vine's not a thing anymore, but the viral world by storm (laughs) with his his knockout, even getting sampled for the new Kanye West song, which is a a bit ridiculous, uh, versus uh, Jordan Wright. And a big favorite over plus two over minus 200 there on Buckley. I think there's some recency bias there. I do think obviously he's the better guy here, but a little bit of recency biased. So real Mike, can you talk to me a little bit about Yoakin Buckley versus Jordan Wright? And I'll go to Mikey Gills. So if you're watching live and I disappear, I'm going to get a court. I'll be back. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you remember last time I actually bet and picked uh, Buckley versus Impa last time when he did a spectacular performance and, uh, and that's after betting Impa after Impa won his bet that I bet him. So it was a, a weird transition, but I, I really like Joaquin Buckley. I liked him because when he fought Logan Storley, who was a world class wrestler over in Bellator, he showed uh, me a little bit of heart, you know, be, by not being finished and not being, you know, battered too badly by someone who can throw you around on the ground and jordan wright is not that fucking guy and so this one is going to be really weird i think the power advantage for sure is uh with buckley uh jordan wright is a goofy weird they call him the beverly hills ninja i live near beverly hills i was just over there and i didn't see no beverly hills ninja full soft okay this guy is not deserved to be over you know have that name I don't know who's named him that, but he's not having that name to be here for the the big time. So uh, Joaquin Buckley has got way too much power for the kid. I think he's going to end up uh, just absolutely devastating them and finishing them. Uh, yeah, let's keep on with uh, keep on with Buckley here. Is eleven and three, eight knockouts, eighty nine hundred dollars on DraftKings. Just so far in the UFC, just the epitome of highs and lows in his last two fights. He was executed by Kevin Holland on short notice. And then he came back two months later with the imp of uh, knockout that you were talking about. Just one of the great, greatest knockouts you'll ever see, you know, good striking on the feet, solid boxing. And as we saw against Impa, he can get creative in there as well with his kicks. He's going up against Jordan, Wright. He's 11 and 0, one no contest. Uh, that no contest is important. Six knockouts, five subs going for $7,300 on DraftKings. for starters. He should be 11, one and one, or I'm sorry, 10, one and one or whatever it matters out to be. There was a no contest in a fight where he was beaten to the living shit out of him, and he was finished. I mentioned that because there's a lot of people that can get swayed by an undefeated record. He's not undefeated. Don't get fooled by that. And uh, another guy on this card, I know it's broken record at this point, but he is another guy with some absolute trash opponents. I mean, you look at, you look at his record. Go look it up for yourselves. You will not believe how bad this man's resume is. His first eight opponents had a combined one win. Eight opponents, one win. That's disgusting. Like I, like, I know I had the general rule, and we talked about it. If you destroy bad competition, I don't hold it against you. But even that rule is a fucking limit. I mean, like, what are we talking about? He has wins with guys with, like, 0-21 records. What is going on? Like, he, uh, I don't know. Just 0-21? They should have gave that guy to you for your first fight, Mikey. Yeah, I know. I would have won my first fight and not have the scar on my nose. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but... The, even the one win, he has one win on his record with a guy against a good record. And I dove into that opponent and found out he is 100% a grappler. It was a stylistic, uh, favorable stylistic matchup for him. That guy has no stand up whatsoever. Um, I truly believe this man just conned his way into the UFC. And part of me applauds that. 
but not really. Like this man makes Jason Reinhardt look like an absolute world beater. You, do you guys remember Jason Reinhardt from back in the day? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's funny. Yeah, if you're just looking him up, look like he is the OG fake fighter. He came to the UFC, the UFC with like a 20 and 0 record against no one. He started the trend. It was fantastic. Like I could tell you about this guy's style, but I don't think it matters. Uh, Buckley's going to beat him unless you guys want anything else. Buckley, Buckley's going to win this fight. No, I'm, I'm with that. I finally got something somewhat situated. I'm back for those of you who are not watching video. It's only about a two minute stint right there. I knew right where Cord was. So, party. So, the odds for those that are really itching to know yes, Buckley is minus 255 against Jordan Wright plus 215. Buckley should smash. He absolutely should. He's more violent. He throws more unique strikes and. I mean, there was a reason that, like, you watched some of the finishes going into uh, his last fight, and he ended up getting one of them. And I know Mikey Gills was talking about that. He was tweeting out some of his amazing finishes there on Twitter if you wanted to check them out. And, like, obviously this one went viral. And the only thing I worry about is if he's hunting for the highlight reel so much that he just does some dumb stuff. I don't I don't think he will. But, I mean, you go from, like, the prelims where no one knows you to, like, pretty much getting a shout-out from Kanye. There's the, There's some levels. Yeah. to this so it's here's hoping he doesn't fall into that because he's got a relatively bright future he's a very dynamic striker that i very much enjoy so kudos to him now we are going to talk about the brandon off only one person leaving gets to keep the name the other person has <laughs> to take the middle name and there will be one less brandon in the world Okay, that's probably not true, but it'd be cool if it was. Brandon Moreno's minus 190 versus Brandon Royval at plus 165. This will be another bet for us, but I'm going to go with Mikey Gills first here to talk about this one with Brandon versus Brandon. Uh, yeah, let's start off with uh, Moreno. We're uh, 17, 5, and 1. Two knockouts, 10 subs, going for $8,600 on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love Brandon Moreno. I'm not, this is not going to be a breakdown where I really like negatively talk about either. I love both of these fighters. Very busy striker on the feet. Great scrammer on the ground. Super aggressive grappler. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he's a purple belt, but he, he grapples way better than that. Uh, regardless, former LFA champ, super aggressive. Uh, throws a lot of heat on the feet. Just an all-around solid fighter. Um, he has the same – both of these guys really have the same problem in, the, in that they're both easy to hit when they're stand-ups. They, have, they both have just a lot of defensive holes, um, specifically Moreno as well. He's got more of that boxing approach. He throws a lot of heat, throws, throws hard, and leaves himself open for uh, counters. Going up against Brandon Royville, 12-4, three knockouts, eight subs, going up for $7,600 on DraftKings. Another former LFA champ. There can only be one. I was going to use the Highlander voice, but I did so bad with the Bane voice earlier that I'm never going to do another movie voice ever again. (laughs) You could cameo where you could just do the voices for a little bit of extra scratch. Yeah, I'm going to be embarrassed forever about that. Anyway, Factory (laughs) X guy. Um, We we talked about that camp on the show. We all love it. Uh, He's won his last four straight all by submission. Stand up again can be a little reckless, but he does use that. Um, he uses that to get in close so he can get his opponents to the ground. Where he, From there, he's just an absolute nightmare. Um, I do think he's a little better than Moreno on the feet just because you have really no idea what he's going to throw at you. And that unpredictability at this point is really just baked into his game, and it's now become a strength that you can rely on with him. Uh, above all else, I expect this fight to be entertaining. Both of these guys are busy. Both of them are go for the kill fighters, and each one really has multiple paths to victory. But I just think Royville is just a little better everywhere. I think he's just on the feet, on the ground. He's just a notch above. He's a true finisher. And 
luckily for us, he is a dog money on DraftKings at $7,600. And I'm telling you right now, he's going to be in our lineup. He is a point scorer. Brandon Royville, lock him up. Yeah, and I absolutely love both these guys. Both of them are uh, great dudes, great and mixed martial artists. And uh, the way that they both scramble uh, in jiu-jitsu transitions and wrestling, uh, it, it excites me greatly. So if you like that type of stuff, you definitely want to tune into this match because there's going to be a lot of transition submission attempts and all kinds of wild and crazy stuff. I uh, I I don't quite understand how uh, Moreno has gotten by, you know, with you know such wild just wildness kind of you know he's a little sloppy he leaves himself open um i'm not quite sold on him yet i i in, in any way i don't think his striking will ever be world class enough and then even on the ground you know like he's he's slick and he's sharp like you know pretty sharp and stuff obviously it's the ufc but uh the way that royville locks in submissions and really hunts for them and and i've rolled on the ground with some str- uh, straight killers like barry yoshida and uh my brother and others so I, I mean, I've it, it been punished before. I, I just think that uh, Royville is is superior to uh, Moreno on the ground, and I think that the, the odds um, are just a, a blessing. And you definitely, um, this is the the side to be on, and we're going to be throwing down that one unit because of that. Oh, nice. Yep, uh, this is my bet for the card on Brandon Royville at the plus 165 for you guys. We'd love to give you a dog. Uh, the value is definitely on his side. Um, I think his striking is better than Moreno. It's cleaner. Uh, I think he will nail Moreno coming in. Obviously, Moreno is a, a forward action fighter. Um, one thing that has been so great at flyweight has been scrambles. You've heard me talk about that in the past, about the scrambles. Usually the guy that wins the scrambles wins the fight. And Moreno's great at the scrambles. The hard part is he has a little bit of that Tim Elliott syndrome where he's willing to put himself in bad spots in those scrambles to ultimately get to a better spot. But eventually you get caught. I mean, heck, Royville was one of the guys that caught Elliot in one of those type scrambles. Brandon Royville is what I love to see. He's an opportunistic finisher. Although he is so good on the feet in comparison to Moreno, obviously there's people that are better than him. He's an opportunistic finisher. If you give him a limb, he's going to take it. If you give him a neck, he's going to take it. If you give him an opening for a shot, he is going to take it. And Somebody with a killer instinct like that, you can't count out. And Moreno loves to put himself in bad spots. So although maybe athletically Brandon Moreno is ahead, I'm going with Royville as the one who is not only going to win, but is going to walk away with the name. And honestly, I do think he has a solid <laughs> chance for a finish, which I would love to see, but I'm not going to put too much on that. And I don't, I don't always need to do props. And for this one, it's just Brandon Royville straight at the plus 165 just to cash you guys out for a nice little underdog play. Now, the next up, we got Mike Perry, who was being cornered by his pregnant <laughs> wife, fiance, whoever, and who also just claimed to have joined the Mile High Club on Twitter. Nice. Um, he's minus 145 versus Tim Means, the Dirty Bird, plus 125. Been a long time. Dirty Bird fan. Although he's done me dirty sometimes. In hindsight, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But <laughs> real Mike. Uh, real Mike. Talk to me about probably the dirtiest of Mike's, Mike Perry, versus Tim Means. 
Yeah, I think it's fitting to go to me first since my brother's war machine. Uh, you know, Mike, <laughs> I guess I'll have to take him on my side because he's pretty much war machine junior over there, a little bit extraordinaire. I think that he's he's just out there, man. I'm a, I've been saying it for a long time. He reminds me a, a lot of my brother. And once they gave him the, the alter ego to go off and run with over at the UFC, he kind of just uh, went a little too far. And one second, I'm going to... Okay. Um, you know, went a little too far with it. Yeah, sorry, the it, my mouth was off on the audio. Right. Um, so I don't, um, I you know, the guy he needs to stop, man. Uh, I've seen my brother basically ruin what was a great career uh, with someone who had a lot of skill and talent to you know basically you know nothing. You know, he's in prison forever. Uh, I think Mike Perry is on his way there. Um, I know this is a fight we're supposed to talk about, but I just think that Mike Perry is just a total detriment to himself. I would never bet him because of the fact that I just can't trust him anywhere uh, mentally uh, of, uh, in that fact. Uh, that's the reason why my brother lost uh, uh, most of his most recent fights was just because he was just fucking totally shit show all over the place. Very much like Mike Perry, um, not training with the same people that he should be, not having, a, a you know, uh, the same, you know, effects with his uh, training partners and, and having the same community around him. And so I, I just think I, I think Mike Perry has more uh, damage to give out, and he could and should win this fight. And just my opinion, but uh, I, I would never bet on him, and I can't, and I wouldn't bet on Tim Means either because he's a little too old and doesn't have as much skills as he used to. In, in my sense of damage uh, to give out, so I, I don't know. It's a weird one. I'd favor Perry. So you're you're talking about betting. This is an interesting one in terms of DraftKings because these guys are both at the turn to use you know, to use a fantasy football term. Uh, there are the 8,800 fighters, and I, with the way our lineup shakes out, I like to have one of the guys of these price points whenever I end up rolling two underdogs like I'm going to do tonight. So one of these guys is going to end up being bet, but I agree with pretty much everything that you just said. Um, start off with Mike Perry, 14 and 6, 11 knockouts, three decisions. He's going off for 8,200 on DraftKings. Lost two of his last three, most recently beating Mickey Gall back in June, but three of four if you count old men at restaurants. Just, you know, whatever. He likes to stay busy. Not going to hold that against him. Anyway, no real secrets about Mike Perry. Uh, he's a brawler. He puts on a lot of fun fights, a lot of power. He can wrestle, but he, most of the time he uses it defensively. Uh, he likes to keep the fight standing. Uh, just you know, He's a madman. Swings for the fences. Uh, zero regard for self-defense. He blocks a lot of punches with his face. Had the nastiest nose break you'll ever see. He likes to go for the knockout. Real killer be killed. Going up against Tim Means. 30-12-1. 19 knockouts. Five subs. Going off for $8,000 on DraftKings. Won two of his last three. Most recently beating uh, Starapoli back in August. A good win, really. You know, It showed that he could go out there and he could still beat younger fighters that are on their way up. Uh, from a standpoint of ability, of ability, I really do think he's pretty much better than Mike Perry just, just about everywhere except for maybe power. I mean, he's, he's longer, he's taller, he's busier, better cardio, better ground, uh, better ground game. Like, I don't, this is a tough fight to call. Means, like you said, he's definitely a little past his prime. He's proven to be a little bit chinny. But I don't like to pick Mike, Mike Perry against anyone with a solid, diverse skill set. And that's, that's what Tim Means brings. And if Means starts touching up Perry early, it's only going to get worse from there. You know, like, I, I could see a finish, but even without it, Means should be able to land a ton of shots over 15 minutes and could be a great play. The problem is that I could just as easily see Perry landing one shot. Like, I, I'm, I'm freaking out about this one. It's a true toss-up. I lean, I lean Tim Means. 
For DraftKings, I think whoever wins this fight is going to be a good point scorer, especially at their price. So for right now, I'm leaning means. I know there was some issues about um, Mike Perry's weight cut going into this week, so I will – uh, we'll we'll get in, into that later, but I, I am going to hold off on an official DraftKings pick in terms in terms of this fight for now. But Bob, what do you got? Kind of echo of that last one. Means definitely has more skill. He absolutely does. If this is vintage Means, this is like a guy he would eat up. He would he would counter and throw as Perry just swung wild haymakers the whole time. But he's not that dude anymore. He's slower, which is the nervous thing. It's like, I agree. The, the hard part about this one is you have two sides. You have the Mike Perry wins this fight if he's remotely smart. Yeah. Which is, that's a big ask for him, I'm aware. Then on the other side, you have Tim Means, which if, if he's even 75% of the dude that we've always liked, that has good Muay Thai, keeps his hands up tight, protecting his face, and throws the kicks in there. Throws those kick, he does those front kicks to the body every once in a while, just to like keep maintain distance and was decent in the clinch and avoided body shots. It's like I would go with Tim Means all day, and or or if like on the other side, like I said, if Mike Perry understood, hey, if I hit Tim Means to the body, it's probably going to do a lot, but it, it's not going to click. When you have like a buddy of yours from a long time ago who is not an MMA at all, one of your corners, and then your pregnant fiancé slash wife is your other corner who doesn't really have a lot of experience other than the last time she cornered, I, it's like, I, I, just, I don't see it, especially because he thinks he's probably going to finish it in the first round, so he might gas himself bad. So in terms of like added up points, added up volume, basically, in my opinion, this goes to decision I'm leaning means, if anything else, Perry. And that, that, that's a lot of talking for the fact that like there's no bet or anything on this card. Yeah. But I, I'll, just, I'll pick means just because I got to think he's got like one more in him. But if Perry, if Perry puts him out, this was the last one. Next yeah. up, we talked about somewhat disparagingly so, but I think rightfully so, about Caitlin Chukagian while she's fighting, um, which I think is hilarious because currently she's like in the fight order. She's sandwiched between the Shevchenko sisters, one who she beat and one who she lost to, like one who was ahead of her who she'll never beat and one who's lower than her that apparently she'll beat every time. And she's just somewhere in the middle. So it's got to be like the biggest mind mess up she's ever dealt with. Either way, she's an underdog here, plus 220 versus Cynthia Calvillo, minus 260. Mikey Gills. I'm sorry. Every time I, I know it doesn't really go together and it doesn't quite work with the song, but every time I read Caitlin Chukagian's name, I just, I hear um, uh, the song Shoop just going over and over <laughs> in my head. Just like, just the chorus. Just, oh. yeah. Yeah, a little, little, yeah, a little salt and pepper for you for anyone who didn't get that reference. So I apologize. Oh, no, I got you. What, what a man! What a man! Uh, no, so. it's, I, I think immediately of Ralphie with you. I choo choo choose you. That's the first thing that works too. That works too. But, but uh, let's start off with Caitlin Chukagian. Uh, Fourteen and four, two knockouts, one sub going for seventy five hundred dollars on DraftKings. She's lost two of her last three. Fought both of the Shevchenko sisters, like you said, winning and losing against the ones that make sense. Most recently losing just over a month ago to Jessica Andrade. She uh, got attacked with a really bad body shot. She's making the quick turnaround. In this fight, she's going to have a five-inch height and two-inch reach advantage, which she's going to need to use both because her best pa- her best path to victory is on the feet. 
and she's going to need to hang out and pepper Calvillo on the feet. Don't get too aggressive and don't leave herself open for a takedown. Because on the other side, Cynthia Calvillo, 9-1-1, one, one, two knockouts, three submissions, $8,700 on DraftKings. Two wins in her last three fights with a draw in the middle. But the story on her, good wrestling, good submissions, will definitely want to take this fight to the ground. That is easily her best path to victory. This is uh, pretty much a standard UFC one-style striker versus grappler when you think about it. It's, it's all about who can get the fight where they need it to be. For me, it's Calvillo's fight to lose. You know, five inches of height is a good thing for a striker, but it's also sort of a disadvantage against a wrestler like Calvillo. It makes it easier for her to get under, especially in that smaller cage that we always talk about. I think this fight ends up against the cage, and from the cage, I think it ends up right on the mat. And once they're there, Calvillo does whatever she wants to win this. I can see a sub, but it's women's MMA, and a decision is likely. Yeah, uh, on this one, man, I mean, I think people are forgetting that Caitlin Chukagian is a uh, Henzo Gracie uh, brown belt and that uh, Cynthia Calvillo is is probably about the same, if if less. So I don't really trust her in, on the ground as much as people are thinking. I mean, they're, she's going to shoot in for a takedown on a on a Henzo Gracie bl- uh, brown belt. I mean, it's 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 going to leave you a little bit hairy with someone who's longer than you and, and has a little more reach than you. I'm telling you, when you roll with guys that have more length than you, I've talked about it many times, it gets really, really weird on the ground. So I actually uh, I, I don't think that uh, Calvillo has as big of an advantage on the ground as a lot of people are thinking. I would never pay the odds that she's uh, on her money line. And so uh, with this one, I because the Henzo Gracie brown belt that I think is equal to or better than Calvillo's, not saying that rest the wrestling and uh, of Calvillo's isn't um, better than uh, Chukagian's, but I just don't think that the jujitsu is is going to play that big of a part uh, in in this fight. And so I, I it's it's women's MMA, and there's no way I would pay that negative two twenty on Calvillo, who's showed me some spottiness. And then, like I said, Chukagian's a Hansel Gracie brown belt. So I, I mean, Cynthia's Cynthia's best avenue is on the ground. And she's going on the ground versus someone who isn't that stupid. So I, uh, I would rather throw the money on the dog here. Ooh, today is November 17th. One month ago today, Ch- Caitlin Chukagian got her insides liquefied by Jessica Andrade <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to put that in reference. She fought a month ago. She cut weight a month ago. And she got utterly annihilated to the body. A month ago. Don't be wrong. Cynthia Calvillo doesn't have that kind of striking. Cynthia Calvillo doesn't have that kind of power. But I understand Caitlin Shkagian wants to right the ship. But I also think she's jumping into this a bit quick. And I understand it was a body shot, not a knockout. But I don't know. I feel like Andrade leaves some residual damage there on the old insides for at least a month. We'll just go with at least a month. So, um, And the back-to-back weight cuts like that. I mean, that's... That's got to be a bit rough. I mean, she's not age. I mean, she's not gigantic. Oh, one twenty-five here, but I, I I really like Cynthia Calvillo Calvillo here. Um, she's still young, so that's why I'm not like super bullish on her. She needs more experience, and this will, in terms of name wise, this will pretty much be her biggest test. I mean, I know she beat Jessica I, but that's 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 Jessica I. I don't have to say anything more about that. That's just guy. <laughs> um, typically, Calvio loses when she doesn't have the overall wrestling advantage. That's how she lost to Carla Esparza. Um, she has the wrestling advantage here. I know Chikagian may have the um, grappling going on, but 
Kaylin Chikagian, Chikagian hasn't gotten a submission. She's only gotten one. And it was in 2015. So, no, and some months, so five and a half years ago since she got a submission. And it was against someone named Melinda Fabian. Do you know who that is? That's right. Nobody does. Um, so <laughs> I, she got utterly annihilated by Grand Pound Crucifix from Shevchenko. And Shevchenko is another level. Um, I understand she has the pedigree. She absolutely does. But I do think that she can get nullified on the ground by not giving up position. Like just like basically Cynthia Calvillo being like just stifling on top. Obviously, that might tire her out late. So I don't, I mean, like my, again, I'm going too far into this for one I have no bad on whatsoever. So the pick is Cynthia Calvillo. But like I wouldn't put money on it because she's minus 260 right now. That is ridiculous for technically the biggest step up in her career. But again, Chikagian fought a month ago and got her lights turned out from a gut shot. Basically. Uh, real quick, for people that are watching at home, these are my favorite fights is when Mike and I have like a different thing because we are going to text it. As soon as this fight starts, the phones <laughs> are going to be blowing up. I can't wait. Like this, this is more oh, fun this, than betting money. This, this one doesn't count on that because I don't care about neither of these broads. <laughs> if, if, it was, if it was more fun like Allen and Strickland or someone oh, that God. was just, you know, someone with a little more heat on it. Actually, I didn't even get to get into that, but uh, shout out to Sean Strickland for uh, that ass whooping that he gave. I, sh- I fucking called that shit to a T. He said Allen's jujitsu game would not even come into play in the striking right down the middle. Be pop, 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 pop. That full up. Boom. Thank you, Sean Strickland. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on to light heavyweight contender Shogun Hua, who is currently five and one in his last six fights. That's fucking actually, dinosaur. That is actually a real thing that is happening currently in 2020. This you know 30 what, year old man. You know what he reminds me of, Bob? When I go down the street in my town, you know, like there's reminiscence of like what used to be the the like you know the corner store or like you know where the bread factory was or whatever it may be. Well, uh, you know, I you get fucking a dude, I'm, I'm totally lost a lot of concentration. Uh, who the hell were we talking about? Shogun. Shogun, oh yeah, just just a reminiscent of an absolute dinosaur, bro. Like I uh, like Sinclair gas station. You know when you go up down the street and you see a Sinclair gas station. You ever have those over there in Chicago? No, no. Okay, well we <laughs> we barely have them over here on the West Coast, but it's like it's it's like an old, uh, ancient like a chain of uh, gas uh, of gas stations. But there's just rare, just rare. It's it's a, it's got a dinosaur as the logo. That's Shogun Hua. Sorry. No, I got, I got you with that. So, what, so Shogun Hua is is literally that dinosaur. He he just amazes me in every way. Some like when I when I count him out, he fucking shows up somehow. He, he him and Tashera. Tashera's a little better though, but uh, I you know I, I on this one. So I I just sorry to interrupt you on that one. No, that's fine. And don't say a little bit better. Tashera is going to be champ. Yeah. Tashera Markowitz. <laughs> Are you serious? That is like Damn, over John over Jan, your boy. Dude, Tashera's probably made me more money, which is hard to say. <laughs> that's a tough one for you. Is that the toughest? That's like your two guys right now. I know, but like the difference in it is Blockowitz, and that's why I can call him against most anybody else, is he only loses to someone who has the wrestling advantage over him. And Tashera would have the wrestling advantage over yeah, him. Yeah, that's not good, huh? That's the rough part. Is And his wrestling has gotten better, but if you have the wrestling over him... 
That's how he gets you. Well, okay. Either way, this is a well. Technically, okay. Let me rephrase what I said. He, it's not five and one. He's five one and one because in there you had a split draw to the person that he's rematching, Paul the Bear Jew Craig. I know that they're trying to not say that on the UFC broadcast, but I'm sorry. When you have a name like that, I'm going to say it forever. Who is it's awesome? Forty five against Craig, who's minus one sixty five. Craig, like. I did not think he was going to turn into this when he first came into the UFC getting like, I mean, he beat Luis Enrique Silva, but I mean, at this point, who doesn't? But dude lost to Tyson Pedro, Khalil Roundtree, and then came back with that last second finish over Magomed Ankalaev. And then like after that, dude's kind of hit his group. I mean, he still has some losses in there, but pretty much if you're an over, like if you're a ridiculous power puncher, you can get him out. But if you're not, dude just kind of lingers. And especially if you want to take him down, he has a great guard and he'll snatch you. Um, I think this one's going to be predominantly on the feet. I guess I'm just give my breakdown now. Sure. Why not? Um, I don't care. <laughs> I think it's going to, I think it's going to be way too close. And I almost want who to get the loss. So he like takes it as a like sign that he should retire. Cause like we talked about it before, about a few other fighters, dude, he is just straight being held together by duct tape. He has no knees and he has just aged so much over the last couple of years. I mean, he can still take a pretty good shot, but I mean, like I want him to just kind of fade away and not just go on like the bare knuckle circuit or random promotion, regional Brazilian promotion to get a payday. So I'm hoping that he can kind of sail off in the sunset. So here's hoping like if he gets a win and that does that go team, but I don't know. I'm starting to lean Craig just because it, we don't get nice things in MMA. That that's basically the whole policy there. Uh, real Mike Hua versus Craig. Yeah. You pretty much swayed me uh, for, for my pick. Cause I was going back and forth and it's just such a, it's just such a weird fight to, to pick. You know, I, I don't want Hua to fight anymore. I don't. I think that the UFC should have him as a coach at the PI Performance Center and then have him like just inspiring young fighters and teaching them things that he's learned and, and getting paid good money for. I, I don't see why we're doing this to our legends, but uh, we're here and this is fucking is what it is. I don't see nice, shiny things happening here. Uh, I don't. I, the UFC is not a nice place. They do not just do things the, and set people up uh, very nice unless you're Ronda Rousey or Conor McGregor and, and of the like. So I, I think that Paul Craig is just younger. Um, his, his submission game it seems to be freaking ridiculously deadly. I, every time I count the guy out, he turns out uh, you know pulling out something out of his ass like a submission. So uh, it's just unreal the you know what Paul Craig uh, the Bear Jew does. I, I I'd have to lean with the Bear Jew. I think he's younger. I think that who was just he's absorbed so much damage. I I just I don't understand it anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, once the last time is that who has submitted anyone on the ground or done anything like that, you know, I, I, I can't fathom. Does any of you guys know off the top of your head? He, Shogun has said one person is in, in his entire career. It was a yeah, long so time ago. It doesn't even matter. It's probably the first guy he fought then. It, it, that's what I'm talking about. It's just uh, like so. Gene Sheen or Chael Sonnen, 2013 wow. in the first round. Yeah, that's Chael. Chael does, Chael does weird stuff. Wait. Oh, no, never mind. That was, that was, yeah. that was the loss. Sorry. I flipped yeah, that Chael, around. Yeah, Chael guillotined him. <laughs> no, that's right. I mixed that up. That's uh, oh, okay. he is lost by guillotine a couple times. Yeah, that's pathetic. That and I don't like that. That's one of my pet peeves. People choke is getting choked up by guillotine. Or Kevin Randleman. There we go. I knew it was. So I'm great. going with Paul Craig. I think he's younger, got a better upside. I don't see the UFC doing any extra favors for a guy like Hua. Um, that's just how they are. So I think Craig was going to win. 
Yeah, sorry. If you guys go back and check the video on this, when you guys started talking about dinosaurs, I checked out mentally for like five straight minutes, and I was just thinking about the ending of the movie The Wizard when Jimmy yes. went back. Yeah. When sorry, I got really excited put, for a second. Yeah, you know when he puts the picture of his family <laughs> back in the I swear to God, I don't remember anything we talked about for about five straight minutes. I snapped yeah. back into it when you guys left. Anyway, I'm sorry. A young, a young Ben Savage. Yeah, right? Savage. Uh, Fred, Fred Savage. <laughs> sorry, Fred. Sorry, Fred's yeah. the older brother. About the brother. One day years, baby. Yeah. He is the game wizard, and they have to play Super Mario Brothers 3 to like win and become a family. It's beautiful. Man, he was in such good slaters in that movie. It's awesome. He's been in some killer shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> He's a director uh, now. Sorry. <laughs> when Badass just... director. <laughs> So about this fight, I don't care. Uh, DraftKings, um, both guys scored 20-something 20, 20 points in their last outing in the draw. I expect this fight to be roughly the same exact thing, only somebody's going to actually get the win, which means about 50 points. So I don't care. Um, I'm not mm -hmm. going to play either one. It doesn't matter. Next fight. Yeah, I completely agree with just like all that. I already did my breakdown. And yeah. we have a uni unified breakdown of, frankly, we don't care. I'm sorry, Hua, just... This fight, we don't. Um, in the co-main event, you have, I mean, arguably the best female fighter. Just period. I'm sorry. I think that she beat Amanda Nunes in the rematch. So I'm going to stick with this. Valentina Shevchenko is minus 1,300. She was minus 1,400 earlier in the week. Minus 1,300 versus Jennifer Maya, plus 850. And... Those are the odds. <laughs> Mikey kills Shevchenko. I know she's super high on uh, DraftKings, but Shevchenko versus Maya. Yeah, if uh, you follow me on Twitter, you heard me talk about Shevchenko earlier. I was kind of laughing my ass off at $9,600 on DraftKings. It's, it's outrageous. Um, anyway, since, uh, since she dropped that split decision to Amanda Nunes in that fight that she probably won, she's won five straight. Uh, most recently, TKO and Caitlin Chikagian back in February, uh, multiple-time world champion. We all we all know what she is. She's the absolute truth. If not, if not the best female fighter on the planet, the second best by a very very slim margin. Going up against Jennifer Maya, eighteen six and one, three knockouts, six submissions, sixty six hundred dollars on DraftKings. Like you could like offer a cup of coffee and a pack of chiclets and you could basically afford her on DraftKings. Uh, she's won three of her last five, one and one in her last two, and is now getting a title shot. She earned out. it. Yeah, I'll let that hang out there for a second. <laughs> That's gross. You know what it is? Is she messed up? She messed up. She stepped up to keep Joanne Calderwood busy, and she messed up and won. And it's mm -hmm. like she instigated her own mugging. So now she has to step True. in there and just get executed. Um, well, be better than her than JoJo because JoJo's a we're a fan of JoJo over here at the MMA for Money show. Always have been, and we don't need sweet JoJo getting her ass beat by my ninja warrior. Yeah. You know, future wife. Them. Don't tell my lady. <laughs> yeah, no, like she goes in there, she goes, she gets the upset against uh Calderwood, and like uh, random fact, uh, upset if you didn't know, it's named after a horse from a hundred years ago. Uh, it beat, I believe, the horse's name was Man of War, who was an undefeated racehorse, and that's how the term upset came to be. A little extra knowledge that you won't get anywhere from else. I heard that on Jeopardy a while ago. R.I.P. Alex Trebek, anyway. Um, <laughs> this fight won't be particularly close. Uh, Maya isn't bad, but Shevchenko is great. And yeah. that's really what it comes down to. She does everything right. She's better everywhere. The only thing positive that I can say for Maya is she might make it to a decision. But at $9,600, I can't bring myself to play Shevchenko on DraftKings. 
there's people who are going to score just as many points uh, underneath or on the card for about five or 600 less. But yeah, Shevchenko all day. Uh, Valentina is absolutely going to uh, whoop her ass. There's no, there's not going to be no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Uh, Valentina is going to just kick her ass all around the ring, do absolutely whatever she wants with her, and absolutely damage her. She has not earned this title shot. There's no way that she has earned this just by getting through JoJo. I love you, JoJo, but come on now. Even you know that you weren't going to get that championship shot. So either way, uh, Valentina Shevchenko is absolutely unreal. She is, in every sense of the way, a mixed martial artist. She does this every day of her life. She's trying to learn how to kick, punch, choke, kill, shoot hunt everything she does everything i absolutely love though the way that she is and the, the you know everything she's in, um, in spirits so i think that uh shevchenko obviously the negative the, the odds are they're, they're terrible you, you know what can i say about them uh maya has one chance she's a bjj black belt she has two rounds one and two when there's not moist and there's no sweat and maybe possibly she could pull up a hell mary sub but it's not happening uh, Valentina Shevchenko, she's the truth. Um, she just absolutely devastates these girls, and she shows them the, and just outclasses them, and she does it in a very, very professional manner. I don't think that uh, anyone gets by Shevchenko in a, for a while. We we shall see, but I think she just uh, destroys Maya, does whatever she wants with her. Well, I just want to quick take a quick pause just because for those of you listening, just listening now and not watching or participating within our chat, you heard us. Just drop some awesome knowledge about the amazing, amazing movie, The Wizard. But if you're in the chat, you find <laughs> out that someone in the chat is the wife of the guy who the movie was based on, who actually won the 1990 Nintendo World Championships. Shut up. I'm not even kidding, dude. Really? Awesome. Yeah. So it's yeah, that's nuts. Hey, shout you out. Follow shout me out at when you're not in the chat. You get, you get to meet celebrities, basically. It's like, that's awesome. Hey, yeah, Jack, so cool. follow me. Yeah, it's ja- it's Jackie girl, uh, her husband. Her yeah, husband was her that, husband. That is, and she's the one in the chat. That is just awesome. So thank you for being in the chat. Thank you for participating. Yeah, that's an amazing movie. The fact that it's like loosely based off your husband. That's fantastic. Okay, sorry. What are, I had to break away for odds? a second. I know the odds? the odds of that. The odds of like bringing up <laughs> that you go into the wizard. I'm sorry. That was that's fantastic. Oh, sorry. He played. <laughs> he played in it. He didn't win it. He played in it. Sorry. Either way, that's still either that's, way. That's, either way, it's amazing. That's still Nin- awesome. Sorry, yeah. I'm like 1990. Getting... We're talking like RBI baseball. Like we're talking like mm-hmm. all the good yeah. stuff. RBI yeah. baseball is fire and TNC surf on super, regular Nintendo, bro. The yeah. original uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. I played that one all the time. That's fire yeah. too. And Contra. Yeah. The fucking okay. water so, level. Sorry, sorry. We're back to MMA. I play yeah, that <laughs> water level. Oh my goodness. Sorry, we're moving on. Sorry. Uh, so back to Shevchenko. The, the co-main event here. Yeah, she's going to style. Sorry, I, I keep bringing up the uh, deserving thing because I think it was, I heard DC talking about, it's like, you know, both of these contenders earn these spots. I'm like, are you serious? They're both one and one in their last two and got to hop up because the original opponents dropped out, basically. Like, that's how Alex Perez is in because it was supposed to be Garbrandt and Garbrandt tore a bicep because he's made of tissue paper and like just what happened either way Shevchenko's gonna do whatever she wants to do the real question is she gonna get the finish or not i think she's probably gonna get the finish but sometimes she likes to play with her food because she's that much better and she's getting to a point now that she could be a little safe and still clearly win because no one's on her level so if there's an upset we will be eating crow but i highly doubt that's gonna happen we're gonna move on to the main event obviously not as good as the original main event was because oh man i was just 
I'm pretty sure that was before you were on the show, Mike Gills, when they announced it. And me and real Mike were talking about we couldn't wait till uh, Davidson Figueredo fought Cody Garbrandt because it was going to be lined close and Garbrandt was going to get killed because Figueredo has just the amount of striking to flip the red switch in Garbrandt's head where he goes wild and just yeah. swings wildly and gets put out. But alas, we don't have that. Here's hoping we get that eventually. Davidson Figueredo was minus 320 versus Alex Perez at the plus 260. We will do our best to stay on task and not to get any tangents in this one, even though that was an amazing tangent. <laughs> I, I don't even know who goes next, so I don't. So yeah, here, I mean, go. No, I since it works me. better for going into DraftKings, we'll go with Real Mike first, and then we'll go to Mike and Gills, and then Mike Gills, after you give your take, you can go right into the DraftKings. I know, you know what, whatever. We'll just go through the whole thing, because it's okay. This is getting very confusing. I apologize. I'll, fi- I'll figure it out. We'll, st- we'll start with Mikey Gills for different reasons that I'll explain later, and then we'll go to Real Mike, and then we'll review the bets, and then do the DraftKings lineup. So, Mikey All Gills, right. main event time. All right, let's start off with the challenger, Davison Figueredo, 19 to 1, nine knockouts, seven subs, going for 9,000. Wait, I got that. I- I've messed that up completely. I'm sorry. We're going to start with the champion. Ah, oh, man, I said challenger. Anyway, $9,000 on DraftKings. Has won four straight since the only loss of his career against Juicy Farmiga, most recently beating Joseph Benavidez in back-to-back fights, both by stoppage. Stylistically, just really good on the feet. As a wild style, kind of keeps his hands down on his waist and counters you when you come in to go after him. Um, he's just near perfect with his timing. He baits you into exchanges, and he makes you pay for it. Also very solid on the ground. Doesn't really have too many holes in his game. Going up against Alex Perez, 24-5, and five, five knockouts, seven subs, going for $7,200 on DraftKings. Like you guys said, taking this fight when Cody Garbrandt tore his bicep. Not unlike when the Ultimate Warrior tore his bicep going into Halloween Havoc 1998, and that match sucked, but this one's going to be better. Perez has won three of his – I'm sorry, won three in a row since losing to Joseph Benavidez, most recently beating Juicy A. Formega back – Back in June, his career is like kind of like the bizarro version of Figueroa's with the wins and losses. It's a little weird. Stylistically, he's another fighter who's really good on the feet. Good Muay Thai striker. Great leg kicks. He really dedicates a lot of attention to those leg kicks, especially the lower calf kicks. You hear me talk about him all the time. I geek out whenever I hear about him. But I, I just think Figueroa, he's just a different animal. I think in this fight, I, I just think it's his time. It's it's his era. It's a new era for this weight class. And he's a huge uh, point scorer on DraftKings, and I cannot wait to roll him out let's go yeah on this one uh ferguson the the devison figueredo i i think he's just an absolute savage you know there's just no one right now that can equal him uh alex perez you know don't get me wrong uh great dude uh you know has been in mixed martial arts game a long time but he is not devison figueredo and and it's going to show um this weekend the fact that uh you know alex perez has gotten here you know touche to him but he's going to eat massive leg kicks and one thing that Alex Perez doesn't have and he doesn't have big legs he's got very very small chicken legs much like myself from my Mexican mom you know sadly um I, it's my worst assets uh so I don't see him taking those leg kicks very well and Alex Perez likes to stand up and strike so he's going to be eating massive vicious leg kicks from Devison it's and they're going to be just devastating uh, that's going to knock him down on the ground and then Devin is going to get on top of him and just smash the guy. So I just don't see any way that uh, 
that Alex Perez is going to win this fight. Figueroa is is just an absolute savage. He, he just he just is. There's nothing that you're going to do to him, and Alex Perez is just going to get devastated this weekend. It's another bet that I have. If you have a ton of money, I put my whole fucking house, my mortgage, my left nut, my my first kid, my wife, my everything on because Devin Figueroa is going to absolutely smash Alex Perez this weekend. Um, you know, if Al if Joseph Benavides, who I love of the show, uh, you know, smashed Alex Perez by striking. You just wait and fucking see what Davison does to this kid. Yeah, that was my going to be one of my points. I'm going to expound on that. The reason you have these odds, obviously, these are very, very steep odds, likely going to get even more so as people start parlaying up and looking for plays, realizing that this isn't the easiest to car call for bigger dogs. And this is a pretty heavy favorite type card but people are looking at this and they're saying hey let me get this straight this kid that joseph benavidez grounded out two years ago is now fighting for the championship only off one win not since then but one win uh, in a row this is one win streak is going against davison figueredo who completely put out joby once for sure the first one's a little bit hinky but for sure once if not twice obviously he's going to smash him and that's the simplistic way to look at this and the simplistic way to get these odds. And I 100% agree with it. That's, it's just, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's not, it's not, this one is not rocket science as much as honestly, most MMA breakdowns are not rocket science, especially if there's one clear path to victory. It's a clear path to victory. Davidson Vicarito is a finisher. Dude has power. He's actually good on the ground as well. Um, Perez is in for a, I would say he's in for a long night, but let's be real. He's probably not even in for a long night. So here's hoping <laughs> that he can keep things going here for the flyweight division. That's Davidson Figueredo here. He's my champion currently, even though I'm not going to, I'm, I'm that guy that's still on Mighty Mouse because I still don't think that um, Hank St. Judo ever beat him. I thought he won that last fight. So I, that doesn't really matter to me. Still, He's still my champion, but okay. He's my number champion number two here <laughs> but uh he's, he's gonna get it done like if you could think of a way for to bet it i wouldn't bet inside the distance or anything like that because it's like you're not getting much value on it and he should still get the victory here um and here's hoping we get that cody garbrandt fight and all of you guys think that he's gonna win because apparently people like cody garbrandt even though he has a very specific way that he loses and davis and vingaredo can do that exact thing so that'll be great. Well, we're going to quick do a review of the bets before I pass it to Mike Gills to do the DraftKings breakdown. Um, again, I don't, let me know, whether it be in the chat or anywhere else, if you really care who does each bet. But since I already have it sectioned off, it's kind of how I read them off. But um, the bet for Real Mike here is to win one unit on Rodriguez inside the distance at minus 110. So you put down 1.1 units, and that is to win one unit there if i could actually speak words um, my, <laughs> my bet on this one is uh an underdog bet on royville that's one unit at the plus 165 so that will win you 1.65 units now mikey gills can you give me your DraftKings lineup or at least as much as you can have right now because i know you're still in between on a few things oh no i'm good because like i said i got my shoelaces back i got my burton <laughs> snow gloves because i was cold but it's all right, because I have a much better lean for this card. Getting right into it. We're going to start off at the top. $9,100, Danny Rodriguez, our most expensive play on the card. He's a DraftKings all-star in a matchup against an opponent that plays directly into his strengths. His opponent was scheduled to face a UFC debutante and is simply not prepared for Rodriguez. Play him with confidence. Real Mike, what's up? 
Deficit Figueredo is up next. $9,000. Another DraftKings All-Star. His average score is over 90 points, and now he's working with five rounds. I think he's one of the best band weights I've ever seen. I don't think Perez is even uh, – and I don't think Perez is the one to dethrone him. I, I don't know. I just I think he lands early and often. He cruises to a decision or he gets the finish. Either way, he's here to score some big points. Next up, for $8,300, Alan Joban. We are skipping past a lot of favorites because I think Alan Joban is simply in a different class than Jaron Gooden. If Joban is even close to what he was pre-injury, he should have no problem working over the slower, less technical, can-crushing opponent. And with his style, he is due to score a lot of points. Next up, Ariane Lipsky. I'm going with her. $7,800. Styles make fights, and I think she matches up great against the Jason Guido of the Shevchenko family. She's got a solid ground game and an extremely busy stand-up style that carries a lot of power. She's the former KSW champ for a reason, and I like her for the win, or at the very least, a high floor loss. Next up, going with Bob on this one. And again, we come up, we come up with these independently, so we're just mentally, we're gelling right now. Brandon Royval, $7,600. I, don't, I, don't, I just think he's a little better everywhere. His BJJ is incredible, and he's a master scrambler. His stand-up's coming along, and while he does leave himself open, he uses that style like we were talking about talking about earlier. He uses it to get in close. I think this could be a scramble fest with a lot of points on the ground. And Brandon Royval, Royval I like him maybe even to get a finish in this one. Let's roll. Last up, this is a weird one for me. The pick is currently tentative. Mike Perry, rumored to be having some weight issues. Means always cuts a lot of weight himself anyway, and I just want to wait to see what both of these guys look like on the scale come Friday. The beautiful thing about the lineup that we're putting together this week is that it leaves enough money for either one. And I always update you guys the day of the fight. I always make a big, huge thread detailing any updates along with reasons for fighters that I don't like, things like that. So right now, it's either going to be Tim Means or Mike Perry. I have a lean towards Tim Means at $8,000. But like I said, we can afford Mike Perry with this lineup. Just going over it quick one last time. Danny Rodriguez, Davison Figueroa, Alan Joban, Ariana Lipsky, Brandon Royville, and either Tim Means or Mike Perry. Let's go. So obviously there's reasons for order and it's just so I can have some semblance of timestamps for all you guys for amazing videos later. But again, we have a question in the chat. So again, if you're not participating in the chat, you don't get all these additional info here. We got from Mr. Primetime himself, MA4 Money. Thoughts on the AJ McKee minus 320 versus Darian Caldwell plus 260 fight at Bellator. This will be on Thursday night. So if you're watching with us live, that is in two days. If you're listening after the fact, you only got about a day on it. So those odds may be different. Real Mike, do you have a take on, I guess, the fighter that Antonio McKee always wishes he was versus Caldwell, who likes to get caught in guillotines? Yeah, I mean, I, number one, I, I don't like anyone who gets caught in guillotine, so that's just off the list automatically. But A.J. McKee, uh, you know, he's been on a huge winning streak. I, I think he's just uh, really up on a on a high ceiling. His peak is is really is up there. I think his wrestling is equal to or, you know, better than Darion, and that's uh, pretty crazy to say because Darion Caldwell is a great wrestler. Um, but I think that A.J. McKee's striking is just is superior, and he it gets it done. Um, Darian Caldwell just seems to have those little lapses uh, of judgment that end up costing you, and I just can't be trusted. So I would go with uh, – I just think the McKee is, is the rightful favorite, but that negative 320, ah, it's a little rough. Negative 200, I like. McGill's. Um- Real Mike just stole basically everything I was going to say when I heard that question, so I just want to go back to talking about the wizard. But no, I have to <laughs> – no, I, I echo everything Mike, Mike just said. I think, if he, especially if he can keep the fight standing, just, you know, he's going to brutalize him. McKee all day. 
One thing that I've been beyond impressed with, with AJ McKee is uh, AJ, sorry, McKee. It's like, like I said, it's like, it's the fighter that Antonio McKee always wishes he was. He has like those intangibles. Like Antonio McKee always did everything right, but he didn't have like the next level like athleticism to be able to do what his son can do. It's like, it's this, uh, the strangest melding of like coach and student where like he has superior wrestling than his dad. He actually has power. He finishes fights. At least Antonio McKee knew he didn't have power. So he was, he was all time wrestler and just racked up a ton of wins. And then the only time he got a chance, he was thrown in the deep end real bad in the UFC just to prove that he wasn't going to do it. But Obviously, this is a big step up for uh, Darren Caldwell. Uh, at the start of this tournament, this featherweight tournament, I really, really liked AJ McKee here. Um, I do think that that guy go AJ McKee. Like I, that's why these odds are super, the super steep here. But I am a little bit of an AJ McKee homer. I've been a fan of his, his since he started off in Bellator. I thought they've done such a good job with him bringing him along, and then it's finally all blossoming now. And dude's still pretty young. Like, he could become champion defend for a couple years and still get to the ufc like before he's 30 which is utterly phenomenal so i guess i can't give a completely unbiased opinion because i've been so high on aj mckee going back but and caldwell uh, like, like i said it's he's really really good but he's overconfident and thinks he can't lose whereas aj mckee i think has like just superior game planning and yeah so i'm, I'm gonna go with that um obviously there's hard to get a bet on there but i actually wouldn't be surprised if he did get a finish so if you can find something on that i would go there so just a quick double check if there's any more questions because i don't want to lose any boom there we go yeah showing your beer off i saw that go team sorry all chat participation <laughs> if you want to participate in the chat next week it will be available and why don't you join in it's fun in there fun in there it's fun in there it's fun in here it's fun on twitter it's fun wherever you want to get a hold of us our dms are always open like we always talk about and before i do the official sign off sign off, sign off. It, was, it was it was a faded echo um i'm going to ask you guys if you got anything's going on or anything you want to bring up to the people here real mike anything to say to the fans whether it be in the chat Ooh, one second inside the distance is about 110 mm, sorry i might have to dab a little bit of that on aj mckee sorry that's very biased opinion thanks prime for those odds that's awesome um just peek down the chat real Mike. anything to bid adieu to the people or anything going on this week for you or anything you just want to bring up i uh, would just appreciate each and every one of you each and every week you know listening subscribing liking and interacting with each and every one of us we try our best to get back to you and just give you our best and uh it just seems to be working well uh keep tuning in every week and we'll give you our best mikey gills anything going on with you how's life yeah, no, um, I'm, on the greatest, I'm on the greatest kickball team of all time. We just won our 12th championship, and we are going for another, our 13th uh, city championship this week. And if we win that, we as soon as COVID clears out, we are on to Vegas for the Nationals. So booze on first. Let's roll. We are athletes. Is, is that going to be like a spinoff movie from Dodgeball? Because I'd watch that. Dude, it's a, you would be shocked at how serious people take it. Like, I, we are so strategic, imagine. it's crazy. I would imagine. I've watched uh, Cornhole on ESPN. I see how seriously people take Well, no, no, no joke. I uh, was at one point the one, or, the one or two, depending on how you wanted to rank it, beer pong players on the East Coast. I won a huge national tournament to prove it. So just throwing that out there. I'm great. <laughs> That's crazy. Matter. 
<laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm just, I'm both impressed and like a little bit green with jealous rage right now. I just, yeah, I went to I went to New York and played in an entire tournament with. Uh, it was all East Coast teams, so it was. Uh, I don't I don't even remember how many people it was. We played all day from ten in the morning till about one in the morning, and uh, we, me and my partner Alex, ended up winning it. So nice. Well, I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're missing out on like great stuff like this. <laughs> Or talking about the wizard, which if you haven't seen that movie, look into it. I'm pretty sure it's available on Hulu. If it's not, I'll find a way for you guys to watch it. It's that's just a fantastic movie for any type of nostalgia video game type deals. I mean, if you're anybody probably 28 or older, you would get a major kick out of that movie. Anything younger, maybe not. So I apologize. Yeah. We will be back next week to preview UFC Vegas 15 Blades versus Lewis, or as I like to say, the Midwest Championships. Because Blades is my Midwest heavyweight champion. I'm sorry, Steve Bay is coming for you. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice. I got to go with the guy that went to my alma mater. Uh, if you, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, RSS Feed. Join us in the chat uh, in future weeks to get any questions that you may have. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube for the full-length shows, the tiny breakdowns, the DraftKings lineups, all that stuff we're trying to put out there for you guys as much content as possible. Give it a thumbs up. I'm giving you a thumbs up, double thumbs up. Actually, don't give it double because if you give it double, it'll take it away. So give it a triple because then it'll come back in there and it'll count. Comment, share, and spread the word. And with that, let's roll.